Cincinnati. Welcome to episode 219 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name's Paul Hirons, and football, ladies and gentlemen, is back. It is. It is back. Football's back. You know, that game that we watch from September till hopefully sort of early to mid-February time. Uh, that's obviously the hope this season again, but we've been very lucky in the past two years to watch from September into late January. So um, are we all ready for this? I mean, summer has not really blossomed in the UK this year. It's been a bit rubbish, hasn't it? Uh, but are we ready? I always think that the start of the NFL season um, feels like it's the start of autumn to me. And I love autumn. It's my favourite season but it's like oh i don't want summer to be over yet because we haven't had much of a summer in the uk it's been wet it's been miserable it's been cold um i tend to wear and promote the wearing of short trousers from say june until the end of august into september and i i went to work today wearing a long sleeve top and a pair of trousers and i don't know what's come over me nathan palmer what's going on <laughs> Yeah, it's not quite been the weather we'd want, is it, in the summer? But it's not quite the football I don't think we wanted to see in that first game either. So, you know. Yeah, well, we'll get, we'll get to that. And I must I must uh, say, uh, we've been talking, you know it's been a shit summer in the UK because we've been talking about eating soup on the podcast and I need to pick something up with you, Nathan Palmer, because last week Nathan sent me a, a video or at least tagged me in a video on Instagram of this fan, it is it looked amazing. It has to be said, but of a very artisanal t- tomato soup. Would you care to explain, Nathan? Honestly, I, when I saw it, it's one of my favourite chefs. He's called Dennis Prescott. He's on a show called. Um, it was on Netflix, I think. It was like a sort of fancy version of like um, you know where they go around and they try and sort out a kitchen. It's like a sort of high end version of that where they go around the world and they sort of look at these fancy restaurants that have fallen apart a bit and do them up. And he's a chef on it, and he does these recipes. And I it was wasn't it the most ridiculous tomato soup you've ever seen? Like I was genuinely like I was breathless when I when I stopped um, stopped looking at it. Like it was serious with a bit of burrata in there and. Well, oh. that's it, that's it. I mean, I'm talking about just, like, flipping open a can of cream of tomato soup, cooking it in a pan for two minutes, and then Bob's your uncle. But you're talking about roasting tomatoes. You're talking about roasting a whole head of garlic. You're talking about whizzing them up with a bit of stock in a pan once they've been oh. roasted. And then you're, like, having a stick blender and blending the heck out of it in your pan. <laughs> and then you're putting a dollop of burrata, creamy mozzarella burrata on top, then a, uh, a squalloc of um, <laughs> uh, of pesto on top, um, 
homemade, obviously. And it is just, I mean, it's going to take you like three days to make. But I do agree with it. It did look, it did look incredible, really. Oh, it genuinely, man. I'm going to have to make it. But you know when you make something like that yourself, is you'd be fucking awful, wouldn't it? Like, that's the problem that gets me. It's like, I'll try that, and it could be a mess, and you get the get the, the sort of weights wrong, and, you know, it end up just taking, like, a sort of, you know, tasting, you know, a bit sort of washed out and whatever else. But, yeah, I mean, he's a great chef, Dennis Prescott. Check out some of the stuff he does, and it'll make you a very hungry man or woman. Okay, well, let's not talk about soup because it is sweltering in Cincinnati and uh, we've been watching on as the Bengals and the Packers enjoys a fairly feisty uh, joint practice. And, of course, um, we're here to talk about uh, the first pre-season game. So, uh, for the first time this season, Nathan, are you ready for a bit of reaction there? Absolutely, let's go. Right, the Packers 36, the Bengals 19. And, you know, who cares? Who cares? I mean, who really cares about the result? Um, It's all about the performances, as we all know. It's all about who looks at what and... You know, the rookies, perhaps, um, how they're looking in in a true game uh, and true match context there. Uh, It's all about how he adapts to the the big boy football the best. Um, Sorry, I'm talking shit, aren't I? Um, I, uh, yeah, I was interested. It's it's the usual thing. I'm not bothered about the result, but it's just, I'm just interested to see how um, new players slotted in, how uh, um, fringe veterans, you know, perhaps one of those guys state their claim that we didn't really, hadn't been really thinking about. I spoke last week about the likes of Jackson Kirtland, and uh, I was interested to see how... um, some of the depth of the O-line performed. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, you know, a lot of people saying, hey, the safety position is sorted because they look really good, Tyson Anderson, uh, with two interceptions, one a pick six. So, um, uh, But it is a very small sample size, isn't it? And I don't know where to start. Where do you want to start with this, Nathan? We'll start with the line. It was I don't know. I mean, I, I just holistically, what did you think? Without going into too much detail, just give me a bit of a. Overall... Oh, I thought they were a bit sloppy. I thought they were a bit slow out the blocks. I thought they weren't really, uh, generally speaking, they weren't executing very well. It's the first preseason game, but I mean, you would hope that you know various position coaches would stick their size twelves deep into their asses. Do you know what I mean? They do. I mean, they need to make a jump uh, for the next game um, this weekend. Um, yeah, they looked a bit sloppy, I thought. And there's some, you know, there was some, there was some. I'm sure, you know, we. I think everyone knows which players we're going to talk about. Um, but you know, there were some good performances, I'd say. Um, there were some pretty awful performances, I also have to say. So again, bit of a mixed bag, but I'm. You know, as I say, it is the first, it is the very first uh, preseason game of the season. But it was kind of overshadowed a little bit to begin with, with bits of video from Paycall with Joe Burrow on the field, looking pretty good, making some throws, going through a few drills, 
no uh, compression sock on his uh, his, uh, his his right calf. So you know that that obviously sends a message that wouldn't have happened uh, unless they wanted to say, "Hey, look, Joe's back. Uh, give it a bit more time." But yeah, he'll be back. Don't worry. He'll be certainly be back for week one. Um, so that was nice to see. And good lord, looking at uh, Trevor Simeon and and uh, Jake Browning. Um, you know, what did you think? I mean, what do you think of those guys? I mean, I wasn't that impressed. Uh, surpri- uh, Simeon had a better, it looks as a better arm than Browning. Uh, but to be fair to them both, they were pretty much running for their lives from snap one until snap, or the, or the very last snap, really, weren't they? Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't great, was it? I thought Browning, for me, slightly edged it. Um, just in terms of, I thought, yeah, I thought his velocity looked quite good. Yeah, I mean, okay. the line was so bad that it just, um, it just didn't give either of them much of a chance. But you've got to look at that, and you've got to say Browning would have gone against, you know, the better because obviously he started off, he'd have gone against slightly stiffer opposition um, coming out of the gate. They'll probably rotate that in the second game and give Simeon the start. I would say that Browning probably. Not that it's his to lose, but it's his to lose in the respect that that battle, I don't think... I Beginning of the season, if you said to me, what's it going to look like? I'd have said, well, yep, Trevor Simeon's the backup. I really think this is a completely wide-open competition for anyone's to win or lose. And I slightly think that Browning's got his nose ahead at the moment based on what I saw in that game against the Packers, which is very interesting for the Bengals because I think as much as Browning's sort of the younger guy, they might like him internally. He's had a good preseason last year. Like I said before, he's only 27. Um, It's the lack of experience in a real NFL game, isn't it? Now, even if you think he's, well, yeah, he's got a higher ceiling, he's got a bit more mobility, he's got a bit more, you know, about him potentially for the future. Are you willing to say, look, if Joe Burrow misses time, this guy is stepping up and starting, never played an NFL game before. It's a big risk. Whatever you think about Trevor, uh, Trevor Simeon, you know, and his stat line and his performance on um, Saturday night wasn't fantastic. But at the same time, you've got to look at it and say, he's been there, he's done it, he's played a lot of NFL games, he's started, he's seen different schemes, he's played against the top talents out there. So it's an interesting one to watch. I'm not sure i'm massively convinced by either and i think in some ways with trevor simeon from you know how they sort of rate him you almost look at brandon allen and say well you know was brandon allen not might maybe been a slightly safer option than this for us i don't know but yeah it wasn't by no means was it a particularly um conference inducing performance especially considering the state of joe burrow who i think will be fine i i don't think any of us need to worry too much about him missing time i think we might need to worry about whether or not he can come out all guns blazing um away from home against the browns because we're going to need him to um you know and that second game against the ravens but yeah it's a slightly concerning battle i think based on what we saw um at home in game one yeah i don't think we'll see burrow again um, no. this week and probably not throughout the whole preseason. who knows he might be able to get a few snaps in um, let's talk about the line then because um, oh Nelly um, they were really bad I have to say I mean there was some if you look at the the blocking grades the PFF grades um, Deontay Smith was the high, highest graded in pass protection that he got 81.2 so that's a pretty good score and you know he 
to my naked eye, he looked pretty good. Um, Jackson Kirtland, who I was looking forward to, didn't grade out very well, and we'll get to him a bit later. Uh, ben Brown, who a lot of people are talking about, he was injured all last year. Um, people do rate him, and he looked okay at guard. Um, Adenergy was Adenergy. He kind of was a little bit up and down, some good bits, some not so good bits, but on the whole, pretty solid. Um, Cody Ford didn't look good at all, actually. But I have to say, you know, a lot of a lot of the chat, the negative chat, is, has been directed at Jackson Carmen. I think that's because of a couple of reasons. Actually, one main reason is because, you know, some of the reps he produced in the fourth quarter were as bad as you could ever see for an offensive lineman. And it's like, Jackson, you're coming into year three now. Do yeah. you know what I mean? You're not a rookie. What the... And you listen to Paul Dale Jr. He said, you know, Jackson Carmen was taken out in quarter three uh, and then put back in, in in the fourth quarter. And perhaps he wasn't expecting that or was, whether, perhaps he had mentally switched off. But I'm sorry, he's an NFL player and it's his third year. He's not an undrafted rookie. This guy's a, what is, what is he, second, third round or something like that? Um Second rounder. Second rounder entering his third year, it's kind of make or break for him. And yeah, I mean, did you see some of those reps? The, yeah. the, some, some of those players, people just sort of walked past him. And Jackson yeah. Kirkland, unfortunately, next to him at the time, stayed in his blocks for whatever reason, and looked that looked as bad as it could get as well. Those guys were certainly not on the same page. Jackson Carmen didn't look asked. Frankly, I'm sure that wasn't the case, but he just didn't look asked at all. Um, it was, I, oh, I've never seen anything quite like it. Really, people just like walking past them, pretty much. Um, uh-huh. I think with Jackson Carmen. You look at his grades, his PFF grades. His run block grade was ninety-one point one. Yeah. His pass block grade thirty-seven point four, which was the worst on the team, averaging at sixty-seven, which is a bit like mirror. The thing with him, though, like it's just he can play well. He's got ability. You know, he was a second-round pick. Well, we saw him play well last year against Buffalo when he came in. He was terrific. Yeah. You know. He can he can do it, but the knock on him that I think the coaches will say that has always been labelled on him is his effort and his understanding and his like the sort of work ethic, smarts, you know what it takes to be a pro. And all the people in the NFL that make it to the very top, they're all diligent, hard workers, grafters. They're smart guys. They you know they work in day in day out. There's no corners cut. And I just think with him, for whatever reason, he just doesn't have that locked in absolutely smash it mindset and the thing is everyone in the nfl has some sort of mindset that would probably blow every single one of us out the you know that out the um out the water because that's how they got to the nfl you know they've played college football high levels they're all hard workers they're all try hard yeah, they're all for sure hard. and you know you look at carmen he's certainly the prototypical yeah. size uh for a tackle yeah, no, he, exactly. it didn't work out at guard um he played well when he came in at tackle last year and you kind of thought this guy's turned the corner. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's not a great way to start. And I, again, the caveat is this: is the very first, yeah, exactly, preseason game. So talk to me in, you know, by the end of, you know, I think Pollack will absolutely go nuts at him. So talk to me at the end of preseason yeah. game three. You know oh, what I mean? This is where 
I mean, I know people have got sort of mixed opinions on Frank Pollack. I know at one point he was a sort of darling coach and everyone thought he was the sort of second coming of this great coach that was going to turn the Bengals' misfortunes around. And I think that was partly because people really didn't like Jim Turner, but also because he did have some success and he seems like a sort of hardworking, um, sort of tough guy, so to speak. But that's for someone like Frank Pollock, where you've got to look at Jackson Carmen and say, look, this guy was a second round pick. We need to get something out of him. And he's flashed and he's up and he's down. And like you said, his first game of the preseason, you're not expecting anyone, you know, to turn up any trees, but there's people on that line, young guys with invested draft picks in that you're really looking in the preseason to step up as viable first team players. Should people go down, you know, that first line, there's some really good players on there. You know, you, you think if we're, healthy you look across that line Orlando Brown fantastic pro bowler Cordell Volson had a good year last year you know we threw him in the fire he's done well fair play to Frank Pollock on that Ted Karras Kappa Jonah we know them we know what we've got they're solid perhaps not you know world-class gonna um go you know perhaps not pro bowlers so to speak but solid options veterans people you can somewhat trust we need to desperately get some stuff out of Adenergy, Carmen, Danta Smith, people like that that might get some some game time. I hope they don't, but they might do, and they might be rotated in and out, and they might be, um, you know, the sort of players further down the line if anyone does go down during the season. Which on that line, it's unusual to keep it together throughout the whole um, the whole year. Maybe someone like Brem Brown as well, Sharping, people like that. Can they step up and play and not just be turnstiles? Because that's the worry, isn't it? You know, you get a knock. Game one of the preset, the regular season, you know, none of these guys I don't think will play uh, on the offensive line will play that much in the preseason. You you question in some ways, potentially naively, what's their conditioning going to be like week one? You know, they haven't played in a live game. I know they've done some joint practices. I know they're professional athletes. They'll be working as hard as they can. But that is, you know, it's a completely different scenario, isn't it? In an AFC North game, week one, week two, you've got to make sure those guys are okay. Their fitness is there. They're, you know, they're sort of primed up against injury in some ways because you're sort of used to the, the contact and the hard hitting. So if any of those guys does go down, God forbid, it terrifies me, to be honest with you. Lael Collins, we don't really know where he is. I think he's Well, there, was, there was some footage coming out that's saying yeah. he's progressing very well, actually. Now, whether he'll be yeah. ready for week one, I don't know. I mean, he's going to be the swing tackle, you would imagine, because Jonah seems to have taken to right tackle quite nicely. All the reports coming out of camp that he's healthy, he's fit and he's happy. And he has actually um, adapted to being right tackle. And you see Jackson Carmen's um, footwork at right tackle. He he looked he, he looked all at sea. And you kind of realise that actually, goodness me, it is quite difficult just to switch from one side to the other, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. But I would also say this, that Adenergy has played in a Super Bowl. And he's never been very good, though, is he? Well, he's been. He's. He's. What I'm saying is, they've got NFL experience, and maybe I think a high quality backup is his sort of ceiling, perhaps. Uh, but for whatever reason, well, we know he's thrust into action for injuries and things like that. Um, and he has. So if you view it through that lens, he hasn't done too badly. But he's he's really nothing more than a backup, really. Um, Deontay Smith, interesting. Sharping obviously played in the AFC Championship game last year, had a stinker, but then played well against Buffalo. 
Um, I don't know. It's a tricky one. You just want, yeah. You, we on paper we've got a, a good starting offensive line. It's just, it's just the backups that need to find a bit of form, a bit of consistency. I'm intrigued by Ben Brown. I think Kirkland will be. I think they'll both be sort of practice squad players. If certainly, let's hope uh, Ben Brown um, passes waivers or gets through waivers. But do you know what I mean? I think there there is some talent underlying there. There's some young talent there. Um, but uh, yeah, they those Deontay these guys Deontay Smith, Trey Hill, uh, Hakeem Adeniji, uh Jackson Carmen. Uh, you can throw Cody Ford into the mix as well now. Um, they're not young lads anymore. They've got three, four years of experience under their belts, and they yep. need to they need to kick on, or else that's it for them. I think you know the, there is maybe they've all just hit their ceiling, and this is who they're going to be. A ca- inconsistent will play well occasionally, but then uh, play like you know liabilities basically <laughs> do you know what I mean um, yeah yeah but then you know where does the money go what are you gonna are you gonna pay like big bucks for a, a serious backup we were already playing big bucks really for a backup in Leo yeah. Collins you know so yeah it's a balancing you, act as ever isn't it do you think Leo Collins stays do you think there's no doubt about that there's been rumors and they're them cutting him to save money I don't know exactly the logistics of all the cap with stuff like that but I mean I think it goes without saying that you know, throw the cap out the window. If you've got someone like Leo Collins who, you know, you might not need for a few weeks down the line, you can get him into football shape. I mean, he is an absolutely ideal profile for a backup um, offensive line. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's tricky, isn't it? He's getting paid a lot of money. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, he's, he didn't show what he can do last year before he got injured. He started off slowly like the rest of the line and then, you know, he was dealing with a back issue, so he wasn't training, you know, practising as much. Uh, but then he started to show a little bit, and you thought, oh, this is why we've signed him. He's a big, mauling dude, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But, and it's like quite exciting to see him when he's going full full cock. Uh, it's quite exciting, you know. And um, But then he got injured, unfortunately, you know, which is terrible news for him. But, the, I mean, a really bad knee injury as well. It wasn't just an ACL. There was lots of other stuff going on. So the way he's come back, that's all credit to him. Um, he seems like a good dude, but I, I get the impression that Leo Collins is not the type of guy that will want to sit behind Jonah Williams at right tackle. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know how comfortable the Bengals will feel paying him, but I don't know. He's not he's still there. But then, again, but then again, last year, what happened? If you can, okay, so if you got like your right tackle went down injured, mm. and you you've got Leo Collins to come in. Yeah. That is that is something that we'd never had before. That in that position, that fantastic depth. Um, whether I mean, I doubt if it'll stick. Trouble is, you know, Jonah's going to be off after this year anyway, uh, or might do. It depends how things work out. But you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that that position might be, <laughs> you know, uh, ready or need to be filled uh, next off season. But let's let's deal with that when that comes. But. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I'd keep Collins. It doesn't make financial sense, but no, I was going to say because like you look at the Bengals and where they're committing money, you've got about nine or so million is Leo Collins's cap number. You Orlando Brown on just over ten. You know, you've got some cappers on eight point seven. I think you just looking here at the over the cap stats, like there's a lot of money invested um, on that line. Ted Karras is five point six uh, million. So, you know, there's some money, and I, that's where I think for the Bengals it'll be a bit of a you know, a bit of a difficult decision, but 
I, yeah, I know selfishly, and it's not my checkbook, it, it's my Browns, but I hope they keep him and he gets back into football shape and we've got, you know, options because you can obviously rotate Jonah Williams around if you need to, to um, accompany Lael Collins. So, yeah, there's definitely, um, you know, it would be a lovely piece to have, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah. like I said, yeah, we'll is, see. You know, we we need one of those younger well like you said they're not younger guys but i would love to see one of them even just one of them you know even if it's someone like ben brown you know bit of a bit come from nowhere type of character but if he was to have a great rest of his camp great pre-season and actually if we did need yeah, someone like I mean, him he's, he's, during I mean, the season that he could, could come in you the could, average yeah you know? and you could quite happily cut someone like cody ford yes exactly you know or even dare i say it max sharping or someone like that um but we'll see. Um, Joe Mixon in court today. Um, that's a bit scary for everyone, isn't it? Um, we'll see. We'll obviously be keeping an eye on things there. Uh, How does that work? Though? Because I, I don't think what he did with that road rage incident. I mean, I'm not. I have absolutely no idea really on the Ohio legal justice system. But I, I mean, he, you know, there was talk of him what brandishing a gun wasn't there. I mean, I'm not sure it's something. Yeah, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly um, but, no, although, yeah. although, um, I don't. This was the road rage thing, wasn't this? Wasn't the Nerf yeah. Wars thing that happened? And I and I I chuckle because it just seems so outrageous. But you, what you read is that the guy, the young teenager that got hit um, in the leg, I think it was, is now suffering from PTSD and some some signs of depression. So we had, you know, that was a pretty awful, nasty incident there. But yeah, this road rage thing, I don't know. I think I think um, I read somewhere that it's carrying a first degree misdemeanor or something like that. I might have read that wrong but i'd urge you to go and check uh that yourself um it's just not a good look is it really um no it's not a good look i mean the, the way the nfl works i guess obviously you'd have to you know that get the sentence get given and then the nfl would have a period of time for themselves to weigh in on it wouldn't they i mean yeah well we see we can't really speculate or we're just gonna have to see wait and see how that plays out really let's go back to the game then um Another position group that people were really interested in seeing, and I was myself, you know, uh, our rookie cornerbacks uh, were having, by all accounts, a fantastic camp. That's D the two DJs, DJ Ivy and DJ Turner. Um, and we also were desperate to see what Tyson Anderson was all about um, at safety. Uh, Dax Hill got, you know, a lot of snaps in that game and obviously won fantastic play when he sort of ran sort of half the length of the, the field to break up a, a pass, a long deep ball by Jordan Love. Um, I'm not quite sure who it was to, actually. Was it Dobbs or um, uh, Reed? I'm not sure. But anyway, he had beaten DJ Turner, and he was going in for a long touchdown. But um, Dax Hill sort of... Sprint. And this is the thing that I've liked about Dax Hill. He's, his recovery speed is just sensational, I have to say. Uh, and he showed it again, and that's been a, a meme all over the internet. Uh, you know, what a great play. It was nice to see Dax Hill in in, a, in that position playing safety for a... OK, you know, against some first-teamers, but mostly second- and third-team players for the Packers. But still, just seeing yeah. him out here there was kind of quite reassuring, I think. Um, and I thought it was smart by Zach to play him because I think, honestly, the more snaps that he can get in the safety position in a live game situation the better i think 
Uh, yep. Looking forward to seeing Scott, Nick Scott, who we didn't see. Jordan Battle made a few plays, I noticed. And, of course, Tyson Anderson, as we mentioned before. So, you know, um, again, small sample size. It's the first game, pre-season game of the season. Um, we'll see what happens going forward. But, yeah, the safety guys really played quite well. Um, Turner and uh, DJ Turner and DJ Ivy came back down to earth with a bit of a a bump I have to say but that's fine I think isn't it because this is what again live match situations are all about it's it's kind of going through the gears and learning and making mistakes and learning from your mistakes and um so yeah I'm not too bothered about Turner and Ivy in that game and by the looks of it today on the Monday DJ Turner was out there making plays on Jamar Chase in practice so you know, I, I think uh, from what you hear and see of DJ Turner, I think we've got a player there. I really do. Yeah, I mean, his PFF grade for the game, it might not have felt like it. And I always, you know, sometimes think you've got to let the naked eye sometimes do a bit of talking as well. But, I mean, his PFF grade was 79.1, which was fourth best um, on the team during that game. So it wasn't all bad by any means. I thought that, in all fairness, apart from it, obviously the two interceptions, I thought that Sean Clifford played really well for the Packers. Yeah, you he, know, did, he was pretty fair, yeah, on point every throw apart from the two that um, Tyson Anderson got hold of. But, yeah, I, I did think that he played a very, very good game. And the Packers, yeah, you got to give the Packers credit. They played a good game themselves. And, you know, we look at that game and I think Zach, like you said, and the positional coaches will be a bit frustrated after that and they'll want to tie up some loose ends on defence and certainly on offence. But you want that in the preseason. You almost don't want a faultless performance in the preseason because... You know, you almost want to work on some bits and you iron out some kinks. There's always going to be that, whether it's this week, next week, the week after. You want to just try and, you know, get people down to earth. If people don't understand assignments or, you know, they're doing things wrong technically, you want to try and work on that um, before the season. So, yeah, I'm not worried about that. I think DJ Turner, D DJ Ivy, DJ Ivy especially, because he was a very late round pick. A lot of people saying that, look, you know, he might struggle to make the roster. I think at the moment he's on the inside looking out. I think he's looking quite, quite. Yeah, especially the game. Unfortunately, yeah. they 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 played Alan George. Well, unfortunately for Alan, our old friend Alan George, friend of the podcast, Alan George. That is, um, you know, they played him at slot, which says to me that they. You know, one of the ways they'd like to keep Alan George, or one of the ways that, well, one of the only ways that Alan George can stick around on the live fifty-three-man roster, is if they he's got some versatility. He's a he's an outside cornerback. He's he proved that he's not a slot cornerback. On again, small sample size, but during that game, he looked he looked didn't look great, and I'm sure he'll come again because, you know, he he went through this last year. He played his ass off in in pre-season and earned himself a, a spot on the 53-man roster and played fairly well when he came in, I have to say. So I don't think you can rule out Alan George, but, yeah, it's, I mean, depends how many cornerbacks they want to keep, actually. In my own initial kind of um, 53-man roster predictions, I've been, like, keeping seven cornerbacks, you know, but you hear from the pundits, then they'll only be taking three in, in with them. So... Yeah, uh, lots of I mean, there's lots of football to be played in this preseason. So, again, like you're saying, it's um, it's fine for Turner and um, Ivy to make some mistakes uh, because this is how they're going to learn, and and this is what preseason's for, you know. So I'm not going overboard by saying, oh God, you know, they they've come back down to it. 
you know, it's just it's just one of them things, and you'd hope that they will learn. And by the looks of it, DJ Turner in practice today is has learned from some stuff, and um, yeah, it's going to be fun to see. One, do, you know what I thought, do you know what I thought was a bit quiet? And you were looking, we all said we were hoping for him to have a bit of a big pre-season, a bit like, you know, how Carl Lawson used to step up. Yeah, and just have, yeah, yeah. And you just think he was going to, you know, be an absolute beast in the regular season. But I thought Joseph Asai was quite quiet. You know, his PFF grade 51.4, he didn't really flash. You know, it's a bit of a shame, I think. That, Nor did Miles Murphy, it has to be said. Yeah, I don't think he played a huge amount of snaps aside, but right, it's just okay. like, he's the guy that I think you really want to, you know, sort of get in there and, you know, sort of tear it up a bit, have a sack or two. But yeah, I mean, like you said, you can't pick the bones too much out of, um, you know, just one game like that. Very much, there's a lot of players on the roster as well, you know, and I think that is the thing, isn't it? When you only get sort of 10, 15, 20 or so snaps, it's hard to make a big impact. And I think when's the first roster cut down? Is that. That's a really good question. I don't know for sure. I yeah. I mean, I think might be after the second game, maybe. I think. Yeah, I, I think that's when. Me on that. Yeah, and I think that's when you almost get a bit more like in that final game where a few more players that are really sort of battling for a spot get a few more snaps, and it yeah. you know it's, you know it gives them a bit more of a chance to get into the games. You you know what it's like. It's a bit like coming on a football match, isn't it? In the seventieth minute, they sometimes you just can't get into it. Your chances yeah, don't come exactly, yeah, yeah. things don't fall in the right way, and you know you're not into the game. Whereas if you come on, you know after you know you get a full half or something like that, you can sort of give yourself a chance to sort of warm up, get into it, you know. Um, get in the battle a bit so yeah it's you know it's just great to have football back in it and you know watch it at the naked eye and see people make some plays there's some good plays out there and you guess you just want to see him build on it didn't you for for the next upcoming game indeed i tell you what we um, i want to talk about one more player and um but i'm going to go to the questions and correspondence first because this player is mentioned in the first correspondence so let's let's bring you guys in Salamander. Right, Jamie at Trekwater Beaster. Very glad to have football back. Watch the first half. Gosh, doesn't Yoshivash look a prospect like a speedier TJ Hushmanzada? Uh, and Jamie adds, in light of Dizo not having the USA ads on yet, what is your favourite ever ad appearing during the NFL? Okay, first thing first. Let's go with the ads, right? I like any medical ads from the United States because they make me howl with laughter we don't get any of these ads in the uk um all these medical ads for these medical products um are sort of you know they're they're commodities they're they're things to be sold and you know there's competing medicines for each area of treatment and we just don't get that in the uk because our health service is you know, a, a socialised health service. Um, and, um, yeah, we just go to the chemist. The doctor gives us, it prescribes us medicine, and we go to the pharmacy and we get it. And that's it, really, isn't it? Uh, we're in America. You've got whole kind of almost half, half, like half of each supermarket dedicated to, like, medical products and treatments and things. Um, so I'm, I'm always amused when I see uh, medical adverts in the US because it's kind of like, take this to cure, cure you, but here's a list of side effects. And the side effects last for about seven hours, uh, you know. And, Do any of those tablets stand out to you in particular, son? Anything that you've seen, a bit of Lipitor for you or anything like that? Well, 
the the ones that uh, make me laugh obviously are the uh, well, not obviously but uh, the uh, erectual erectual uh, tablets and uh, um, things like chalice although you don't see them too often anymore and things like you know if you have an erection for more than several hours go to the A and E that makes me laugh. I imagine I'm sure it's not that funny to be honest, but um, imagine having an erection for um, for like three hours. That's something, isn't it? Um, you know, I had that before. <laughs> have you? Have I ever had that before? Well, it's, this is this is a conversation we're down the pub, Nathan. I don't think uh, we should be moving sharing swiftly, uh, swiftly on. Moving swiftly on. So yeah, any medical product ads? What about you, Nathan? Do you like? Um, I quite innocently after that quite enjoy the Geico adverts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah that little lizard the gecko um he's good laughing at i used to weirdly always in, when this is going back sort of 15 10 15 years golden corral used to advertise a lot in the nfl and i used to think their food just looked out of this world and i was like if only there was a golden corral in the uk but this is going back 10 15 years and now i'm a bit older and stuff i look at it and i'm like well it didn't actually look that good but i've never had it so you know the jury's out if i'm ever in the south i think there's more of them in the south i'll have to try golden corral but i quite like the ads in the u.s i think they're quite entertaining they're a bit quite upbeat funny you know they sort of yeah they're just a bit more exciting than the ones in the uk aren't they mm, no, absolutely um right let's talk about yoshi um four catches 50 yards uh went up and got one um but couldn't quite in the end zone. Couldn't quite come down with it. Spectacular catch there. Um, he, I mean, again, small sample size. So I'm not going overboard, but he he looked as though he belonged. I thought he. Oh yeah, he, he caught he, well. He was physical. He ran up, yeah. you know, yards after catch. Amazing, and I think Jamie might be onto something there. I think you look at him sort of streaking across the middle of the field and. Um, I think there is some versatility there, Tim. He's not just your prototypical outside receiver. There's some physicality there that there could be some matchup problems if they line him up in the slot. And I think there's there's some mileage in in lining Yoshi up in the slot. You know, he could be um, just adding something different there. But certainly, he looked he looked in good hands, good speed, good strength. Um, was the focal point of whenever I see a player just targeted that amount of times, that means like the QB is on the same wavelength with him. Um, you know, you think things like, you know, Burrow Chase, Burrow Higgins, you know, those guys are on the same wavelength. Even Burrow Irwin last year, you know, there was a connection yeah. there. But I, and, you know, he, I don't know, it just, Yoshi just looks as though he belonged, basically. He looked like a, a player that had been playing for quite in the NFL for quite a while. And again, we're talking about, you know, second teams, first teams, that uh, third teams rather, uh, he was playing against. But, uh, you know, he made some good plays and he looked strong, quick, could be an asset going forward, I think. Definitely. And he's a sixth-round pick. So you do see sixth-round picks get cut. It's. I think never a team never really wants to do it if they don't have to because, you know, it's decent draft capital. You want to give people a chance. From everything you've heard at camp, he's the real darling, isn't he, of this year's sort of yeah. um, his roster. There's always one player, you know, that 
gets a bit of limelight, gets a few tweets and, you know, like snippets and people think he's going to be an absolute monster. I thought he was very, very good. You do see receivers and running backs have big games in preseason games. We've seen it a lot before and it, you know, hasn't really t- uh, translated to the regular season. I think the problem for Yoshivas is that he's never really going to see much action is he realistically you're going to have Chase Higgins and Boyd out there you're going to have Trenton Irwin I think is going to be the false guy Charlie Jones I think realistically is the guy that Yoshivas has got to try and get in front of and that's going to be a big ask for him the problem though the problem is that if you intend if you're intending to put Yoshivas on the practice squad he ain't going to clear waivers he is not going to clear waivers no way Taylor's the man that I think is going to be looking for, you know, to get his house on the market because I can't see no, I agree, yeah. how he's going to make this roster. And I like Trent Taylor. I think he's a good returner. I think he's a solid pair of hands. But Chase Higgins, Boyd are going to make the roster, obviously. They're not going to get rid of Charlie Jones. There's no doubt about that. Fourth round pick, a lot of potential. People quite like him. Trent and Irwin is going to make the roster. He had a nice catch. There's four. And then if, you, if you're saying... Um, it just depends how many you're going to pick, keep. Are you going to keep six or seven? You know, and then because then you've got yeah. to start talking about Stanley Morgan and his place on this team. And Morgan offers a lot on special teams. He's one of those things, Stanley Morgan, where it's like he's always at the seventh, sixth man on the the wide receiver group, isn't he? And I think it's not like by any means he's a rookie anymore. He's been around um, for a while. I think it's his like fourth, fifth season, but. He just is like just about good enough to sort of cling on, and I would be surprised actually if they did get rid of him because I think they like what he does on special teams, and you know he adds a bit of value there. But I think for Trent Taylor, you know, you got to look at a geezer. He's a lovely guy. I think you know if anyone went down, they'd look to bring him back. But I'm not sure. How- Yes, no, I'm with, I'm with like you. It a great group. It looks like yeah, a great group. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. experience with Yoshivas and Charlie Jones as two rookies on there. You know, Trent Nerwin hasn't been around forever. You know, he, he's flashed a bit. He had a good, you know, good season last year. But I think there's definitely a high ceiling. And you really want to get some value out of some of these late-round picks. You look in the draft where, you know, dra- uh, great draft classes are made. You you always hope the first-round pick gives you something. But it is those guys in the sort of fifth, sixth yeah, round. Yeah, and I think, well, you know, if, if, if Yoshi continues his trajectory after... But then again, we sort of said this after, you know, about Osai in that first game before he got injured. This guy's yeah. a world-beater. And, of course, obviously we didn't know... But he actually looked pretty good in the playoffs last year. Um, aside, so there was a, there was a sense and a feeling that he was he is that he can be that player we thought he was. Now, obviously, let's hope Yoshi doesn't get injured because it'd be fun to follow that trajectory, wouldn't it? It would be fun to see him develop because he certainly started off um, really well, and he's got the brains to do it. He's obviously got the physical talent and the physical tools to to make it in this league. Um, and of course, he appeared on our podcast uh, not least a month or so ago. So you know, um, I think he's got everything going for him, Nathan. Quick uh, one for you, son. Just a quick on. one before we move on, because we've been going on for a while. You know, Reaccione sort of brings the best out of us, doesn't it? Actual football. <laughs> it's good to have it back, isn't it? Are you slightly surprised, considering you know Irv Smith is new to the team, the depth at tight end is weak. Are you surprised maybe they didn't just throw him out there to get him a few snaps, just get him aligned with what they're I'm doing sure, out there? I'm sure, I'm sure we'll see him. I wouldn't worry too much yeah. at this moment. You know, Tanner Hudson has been having a good camp by all accounts and he looked reasonable. I think he got injured, didn't he? But, um, uh, yeah, you know you, you know what you're getting with Sample. You know what you're getting with Wilcox. Pretty solid, unspectacular play. Um, yeah, Irv Smith is that X factor. Irv Smith is that potential 
boom or bust sort of guy, isn't he? So let's hope he, he's a boomer. Um, right, Rob Hill at Surely This Season. Solid end. Some good stuff last Friday, notably Anderson, Dax and Yoshi, but the O-line depth still terrifies me. An injury away from some turnstiles. Quietly confident about our secondary. If we can generate enough QB pressures this season, I think our defence will actually be better. <sighs> Look at that, Rob. That's, uh, I, like, I like that. John... Tyson Anderson, son. How have we not talked about him? You know, he's well, we have mentioned his... him. We are, uh, you know, I thought, you know, I thought he looked good and displayed good speed, good uh, anticipation, exactly what you want from a safety, basically, you know. But it's just a case, can he string some performances together? Because that <laughs> safety room is really interesting. Um, you know, you, you, you really shouldn't be keeping more than four safeties, right? Um, so what? You, who are you going to keep? You're going to. They love Mike Thomas for what he brings in terms of leadership and mentorship. Um, I would imagine it's pretty much his last year. Mike Thomas, would you think, say that? It's a fair thing to say. Um, Do you think places under? They're not going to get rid of Battle, and they're obviously not going to get rid of Scott or Dax Hill. So, is it Thomas battling Tyson Anderson? I think so. But then you saw that lovely video of Mike Thomas almost breaking down when talking about. Tyson Anderson, the fact that he's battled back from these this year of you know last year of being injured all the time, and he took real a uh, sense of pride and you know uh, got really emotional in in Tyson's comeback game, but yeah, I, oh, it's a tricky one. I because uh, again Tyson Anderson ain't going to clear waivers if you put him on the on the no practice. exactly former fifth round pick. So pick what are you going to do? There's some re- there's actually some low key tough decisions to be made. Uh, at the sort of back end of this roster, I think. Um, so it'd be very interesting. But I want to see. I want to see him play more. I'd like. You know, I want. Poor guy didn't get to play last year, apart from preseason. So he had a. He's had a great start to this year's preseason. Let's see some stuff again against the Falcons this week. You know. So. Uh, right, John Ward at John Ward thirty one. Can you explain, Nathan? Why Jackson Carmen played about as well as I can in the NFL at right tackle when he came back in. Hopefully we won't be needing him as he didn't look great. You're not kidding, John. Uh, I think we've spoken about Jackson enough now. And um, yep. um, I think to our previous conversations uh, answered your point there. Paul at Car Burns. This could blow up in my face further on down the track. But I am quietly confident for the season ahead, not based on any firm facts, but just based on my pure pre-season optimism. Well, Paul, I would say that if you're not going to be confident and optimistic now, you'll never be. Because <laughs> every we've said this in the past, haven't we? It's about this time of season where undrafted free agents are making huge plays on the practice field and everyone's calling them the next Pro Bowl Hall of Fame player, you know. Um Every fan of every team at this part of the, the the process is the most optimistic they'll ever be, basically. Um, so, yeah, I don't blame you, really. Just bask in the optimism. But I do think Paul is right, actually. I think we will be... I think we've got a team worthy of contending again this year. Now, whether yeah. that happens, I don't know, because as we all know, it's a long season. Injuries happen. Things happen, crazy results happen, 
teams come from nowhere like we've done in the past teams that you really fancy do not for whatever reason um, execute and go by the wayside um, so a lot can happen but you know on the face of it we have to say that this team is a contender yeah it's a contender what what I think this season is going to come down to is how can these young players step up and play for us? Because you look across the starters, across especially on the defensive side of things, you've got young players stepping into big roles. You've got Dax Hill stepping up into big roles, Can Taylor Britt stepping up to big roles. And then you look at the depth, you've got people like Jordan Battle, DJ Turner, people like that that you might rely on quicker than you think to step in and play. Irv Smith Obviously, he's a young guy, fairly young, potentially high potential, but, you know, we've got to see what he's got there. That's the thing for me. I don't think looking at this roster on paper is obviously better than the roster last year. It potentially is if these guys turn up and play well and people like Joseph Asai take that next step and you get a bit more out of him. Miles Murphy, again, you know, are you going to see anything from him in year one? I know these first-round picks get a lot of smoke blown up, but in terms of actual delivery in year one as a sort of rotational piece, can he offer that? So I don't think we're better. I don't think we're obviously worse, um, but it is difficult to replace people um, you know, like your Von Bells and your Jesse Bates and people like that, that are good, solid, you know, Pro Bowl um, professionals and replace them with youth. If they can step up these guys and do well, then we can and we maybe be better. We've also got the benefit of returning a coaching staff, which I think that is a really low-key important thing to keep the continuity and the consistency. So, yeah, we're definitely a contender, but I'm not 100% convinced we've got any better. Well, time will tell. Uh, that's about it uh, uh, for this week. You can, of course, keep on saying hello at uh, whoday uh, underscore UK on Twitter. Yes, I am still calling it Twitter. Uh, Bengals UK on Facebook. Bengals underscore UK on Instagram. As I say, we'll be back next week to pick the bones out of the Falcons game. And that is, of course, uh, for... UK and Ireland viewers, uh, it's 12.30am on Saturday morning. So um, who's going to stay up for that one then? Who knows? Um, I probably won't, but uh, there we go. Um, good to have football back, as you as you rightly say, Nathan. Good to be chatting about football with you again. Um, we are monitoring the situation with D-Zone, uh, the new provider of Game Pass, and live football uh, in the UK. Uh, lots of angry people out there. Um, so, you know, if you're having issues, do let us know. And um, we're going to be trying to get in contact with D-Zone and uh, help out or get some answers even, you know. Um, but we'll see about that. We will see. In the next episode of Cincinnati, Nathan, I'm very pleased to say that Season 2 of Hard Knockers will be uh, making its debut so uh excited for that are you, are you a fan of season one of hard knockers yeah. i'm not quite sure how i feel to be honest but um yeah, yeah well I'm you're gonna have to get your acting chops on and get you get yourself ready son because i'll be calling you late in the week for some for some hot acting uh, action uh, not that, not that kind um right uh, until then it is a who day from me and a who day from me cheers guys
And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.